Welcome to People's Distinctive Travels Podcast. Fresh, fresh, fresh. You know, we're out here meeting new people. You know, which we've been showing our face a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we were on It's Sea Doc again. I mean, yeah, I know I'm the prettier one of the group here. So, you know, hey, you somehow know. we, you know, we got to get people to recognize hey, us. You know. <laughs> You're a handsome man. You're a handsome man. But um, we were on the It's Sea Doc again show. And might I say back to back. Episode sixty That's right. and sixty-one. Yeah, wait. Does anyone else have that honor? Or is that? I think we might be the only ones, right? I think we're the only ones. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything. You know, no, no. There's plenty of other reasonable guests on there, but I mean, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> these people just think they travels. What do you, do you want? You know, as you always say, I think we're getting lost. You brothers are <laughs> But um, you know, so uh, we were on that show. Uh, we were actually I made an appearance on um, uh, I am hip hop the game show. All right. So uh, you know you can you can find all these these different shows and appearances on uh, YouTube. Just look them up. I'm hip hop the game show, and it's C Doc again episode and, sixty. And it's uh, channel zero, right? On yeah, it's YouTube. channel zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So episode sixty and sixty one, you can look up channel zero. It's a, as they say, it's a Chuck D situation, mm. <laughs> but um. Out of that, you know, we met a young lady that's going to be our guest today. And, uh, you know, she has an interesting history. So we're getting, we, you know, obviously we're going to get into all that information. Mm-hmm. We're moving and shaking, Fresh. We're, we're, uh, we're doing some things, you know. Having fun doing it, you know. I couldn't have a better partner. So thank you, sir. Glad you feel that way. Yeah. Feelings absolutely. mutual. Yeah, absolutely. To her code. Access to her code. So fresh, you know, we're back with another episode, and you know, over the past few months, we've been making some friends, and uh, one of those people that we've met, we have on the show today, and she has an amazing story and history, and you know, and just talking to her. Talking to her a few times, you know, my jaw was like on the ground with the <laughs> information she she was telling me. Yep. So we definitely had to get her on the podcast. Absolutely. And um, this woman, you'll you'll hear the story. It it it's a West Coast legendary story. It's a hip hop legendary story, and uh, you know I can't wait to get into it. So without further ado. We have Miss Jennifer O'Jenny. Jennifer O'Jenny. Hey. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, thank you so much for coming on here with us. Yeah, thanks, Absolutely. Jenny. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. We're psyched. We're psyched. Yeah. Uh, so normally after my partner gives his little introduction, <laughs> uh, I'd like to just kind of talk a little bit about uh, what our podcast is about as a kind of a a bridge to the conversation. Uh, and, you know, I know you have some familiarity with our podcast, so I don't want to get too repetitious, but 
you know, really the thinking behind it is that, you know, we kind of want to know the person uh, underneath the person that everyone knows. Uh, so we're excited because as Ultramag7 mentioned, uh, you know, we know you have a lot of stories and, mm -hmm. you know, you've been involved with hip hop for a long time, much, much longer than I have. And, uh, but also I want to make sure that we really capture, you know, who you are too, and kind of get that personal touch on there. So if you're okay with it, uh, one of the things I always am very curious about whenever I talk to people who, you know, have passion for music the way that I do, uh, what was, what was the first music you remember hearing that kind of registered for you? Like what kind of got you interested in music in the first place? Period. Wow. Um, <laughs> listen, back in, in high school, I'm because we're not even going to discuss anything before that because who knows what everybody's taste is. <laughs> um, but back in high school, I was a full on punk rocker. Full on had the had the mohawk and the and and, and probably a boyfriend who wore more makeup than I did. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, we had a very popular supposedly underground radio station that was in existence around here it still is k-rock k-rock k-r-o-q and um so i was heavy into we were we would go to concerts and clubs and the whole nine for for years and i had several friends who were in punk bands uh, and, and I ended up somehow being a uh, a dancer on one of the one of the DJs from the radio station whose name is Richard Blade um, mm, I've heard that name before yeah he has now he has a radio station on Sirius it's Richard Blade here and on first wave he had a kind of like an American bandstand type show, but it was all alternative, I guess what they call now alternative. Okay. And I happened to be a dancer on that show. Wow. Um, but so I, I listened to psychedelic furs and I listened to, you know, but I would go so far as to, go to black flag concerts and the sex pistols and the clash. And there's a story that I shared a beer with Joe Strummer from the clash. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was big into, into that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Actually all, up until I happened to meet anybody from 1580 K day. That's what I was into. Wow. You know, it's funny, uh, listening to you, you had the reverse pattern that I had. So I started out into hip hop. And then as time went on, I started to discover a lot of the like British shoegaze bands, which is, you mm -hmm. know, a little later than the punk scene, but grows out of that, you know, like Galaxy 500 and Lush and uh, some yep. of those kind of bands. 
So I, I kind of went in the opposite direction from you, you know what I mean? But they're still both very much a part of how I identify in terms of music to this day. Yeah, well, I, you know, when I was in high school, uh, this is going to date me terribly, <laughs> but I graduated from high school in 84. Okay. And so I was around for what they called the British invasion, the second one. Right. Um, and so it was all of the Duran Durans and, and all Malcolm McLaren and all of those guys. Right. I was even around for when uh, Blondie and Debbie Harry used Fab Five Freddy. But, and, and, and quite honestly, we had no idea who Fab Five Freddy was when she said it. Right. Um, but I, I was heavy into if, if it was British, I was probably listening to it. Hmm. You know, that... it, but anyone from culture club and bow wow wow to then then i got when i got heavy into um the punk rock thing of it all then it was black flag and circle jerks and sex pistols and yeah i'm just gonna throw this out there because for some reason as you're talking this name pops in my head i'm just curious if it's somebody that you uh include in that group of people Susie and the banshees oh gosh yes that's, Absolutely. That's a big one for me, for sure. Susie and the Banshees, I saw them in concert probably two or three times. Wow. Well, well you know who did a, a, a show with Susie and the Banshees, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yours truly did a show with Susie and the Banshees oh, really? back in the day. Did you? Yeah. Ever I never talked to that. I don't think so. I, at at Coachella. Wow. Yeah, but that you know, this is about Jennifer. It's not mm-hmm. about me. It's not about me. <laughs> well, there's yeah, a connection I, there, though. Somehow you you arrived at Susie and the Banshees yeah. the way she did. Not exactly the same way, but you you both got well, to there. There's an intersection. There. I, well, I yeah. identify with what she's saying about the the punk bands because mm-hmm. you know when I was younger I used to skateboard right and I was very much into hip hop but a lot of the guys that I skateboarded with they put me on to like you know Minor Threat Fugazi mm-hmm. Seven Seconds you know black like she said Black Fellow yeah, yeah. you know all those type of groups so I definitely understand and identify yeah there well and you know Susie and the Banshees and then of course in L A we had our own kind of Susie and the Banshees and that was X. Oh, X, mm. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, it, but, yeah, those were all huge, um, huge groups when I was in high school. Hmm. I didn't really discover those groups till later, so I never really had the opportunity to see them, you know? So that's cool that you were seeing them perform live and, you know, you have distinct memories of experiences you had at those shows you know oh i can remember going to i can remember going there was a a nightclub uh it was called scream Mm. and it was always it was kind of like a pop-up nightclub but it was always in this crazy old i want to say it was like a hotel at one point and i can remember seeing lords of the new church 
oh gosh, all kinds of groups before they hit the, you know, before they hit it big kind of, um, in the alternative scene. But I can remember seeing, seeing all kinds of really bizarre groups that later on, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Didn't we see them at Scream? And it was, but it wasn't unusual for me because I'd already been on that ridiculous American bandstand knockoff. Right. And so, and that was in a warehouse in this little tiny warehouse. And so if the psychedelic furs showed up, well, they were about five feet away from me. Hmm. (laughs) Right there. There, there. There they were playing their music. And... And of course, you know, psychedelic furs made it big with all of the um, Molly Ringwald yes. <laughs> yeah. movies. You know, fifteen candles or sixteen, however many candles there were. <laughs> I um, like fifteen candles. That's good. Yeah, sixteen. Well, I don't know how. I can't believe it. They fucking forgot those, my birthday. You know, they always did a song for all of those ridiculous mm-hmm. movies yeah yeah they, they were propelled into the stratosphere after that yes but before they <laughs> when they weren't the psychedelic furs anymore everybody called them the peefers the peefers <laughs> like yeah it. yep but uh, wall of voodoo oh yeah i love wall um, of voodoo devo all of those guys were you know pretty much I think Wall of Voodoo was from around here, actually. But, yeah, so that's that's when I got big time into, you know, going to concerts and somebody taking me to see David Bowie and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So this this kind of uh, leads me to something else I was curious about. Uh, and it's, I guess there's kind of two parts to the question. One is, do you remember the first music that you owned, like music that you actually made the decision to go out and buy? But also I'm curious, you know, I'm assuming that you did buy some music, but I'm also curious just to get your thoughts of, you know, do you identify more with that kind of live setting in terms of your relationship to music or do you, you know, or the recorded music or both or, you know, what are your thoughts in that, about that? The first record I ever bought would have had to have been Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Whoa. <laughs> okay. How bizarre is that? Yeah. I mean, it's like a, we just did a huge U-turn here. Right. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But that, I was probably in junior high school. That okay. was Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Hmm. Um, and the odd, the odd thing about that is one of the guys I went to junior high school and high school with ended up playing the keyboards for the lead singer of super tramp. Wow. Um, (laughs) how bizarre, but uh, you know, I'm not a big go see him live and in person. Okay. Kind of person. I'm not, I'm not big on that. I get really claustrophobic and I don't like people touching me. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that, that, that stops me from going and seeing a lot of people live. Okay. Um, 
but like the only reason I would go to something live is if I am backstage and I can kind of control my my surroundings. But so actual recordings are probably a lot better for me. Okay. But I'm so used to the constant noise that a lot of times I'm going to say this music will take me down a notch but for me to say that I'm actually listening to it is probably it's a bit of a misnomer I'm I'm probably not listening to it unless you say to me I need you to listen to this okay. and then I do it so it's more like a wallpaper kind of background noise type thing yeah gotcha exactly okay. exactly and that comes I'm sure that comes from the radio station mm. you know I I sp- is the the radio station was pumped through the entire radio station live on the air so everybody had to listen to it and I got used to that and so to this day I have to have background noise Jennifer yes I have a question mm-hmm. what radio station are you talking about what radio station am I talking about one one radio station better known as the most dangerous radio station on the air 1580k day AM stereo KDAY Saturday night fresh it's 802 at AM stereo KDAY Santa Monica and for all of Los Angeles we are the hit breakers with more of fresh and what is your affiliation with 1580k day <laughs> I worked at K day for eight nine years so can we okay let's 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 just backtrack a little bit how do we go from yeah Susie and the banshees and black flag Good. and get to this hip-hop station 1580 k-day yeah you're reading my mind here yeah i, I was thinking the same thing right. yeah Let, let's let's wrap that up good question i uh i had a friend who was kind of my ride or die and wherever we wherever she wanted to go I would go with her or wherever I wanted to go she would go with me and somehow we ended up at some nightclub and it can't have been that big a deal because I probably I wasn't even 18 and she was younger than me so but we ended up at some nightclub and there was a whole table of guys and for some reason we got called over to that table (laughs) and we sat there and talked to these guys for a while and one of them happened to be they all worked at the radio station but one of them happened to be the public affairs director and he said you know I always get interns. Would you guys be interested in interning at the radio station? And she didn't want to, but I thought, well, that sounds interesting. (laughs) And I had just pretty much just finished high school. 
and I went up to the radio station and I never saw the light of day again. And I had no idea. I didn't know what kind of music they played. I didn't know anything about the radio station and it was AM. So it wasn't even, it wasn't a radio station that got, you know, that went all over LA or anywhere outside of LA. But I, I really, I had no idea what I was walking into, but I did it Wow. anyway. I love that. And I was there for uh, seven or eight years, something like that. So I was there for a while. Who were, um, so who, who were some of the radio personalities when you were there? Oh boy. Um, well, the one name that everybody would know, Greg Mack. He was, he was the big, the big deal. And Russ Parr, who was actually Mm. also Bobby Jimmy from Bobby Jimmy and the Critters. Wow. J.J. Johnson, who who was the longest on-air personality at the radio station. He'd been there absolutely the longest. Uh, let's see. Russ Parr, Greg Mack, J.J. Johnson. Um, ultimately, before I left, Lisa Canning came on. We only had one female DJ. Uh, Jack Patterson, who was also the program director, he was an on-air personality for a while. Uh, Don Tracy, and we had Jesse Torero. Yeah, so so the one that everybody would know would be Greg Mack. No. Um, but J.J. Johnson had been there, oh gosh, for years, years and years and years. And when uh, 1580K Day went off the air, JJ was the one who signed it off. Mm, oh, wow. Which I thought was poetic. That's, that's fitting. I thought that was fantastic. That's fitting. Hey, I'm Stereo, KDAY. We couldn't get out of here without our general manager, Ed Kirby, putting in his last two cents. So here he is. The last time I can tell you all to go to work. <laughs> and it's been... Uh, J.J. and I have been here, I guess, standing in this room, aside from Andy Laird, who moved on to corporate, the longest. That's for sure. 16 and 17 years. That's uh, right. Respectively. And uh, this is a hard thing to say, but it's going to all change now, and it's going to be different. And uh, the only thing we're sure of is it's going to change. Take that. And it'll be good uh, for everybody, hopefully. Yeah. I want to thank everybody that's been here. I want to thank our audience most of all. I guess all you got to do is legal ID and hit the button, JJ. I guess that's it. Thank you. You damn near put it Thank on. You everybody. going to take it off. Take it. Take it. Here it goes. This is KDAY Santa Monica. It has been fun. Peace. But actually, Wolfman Jack we got was on to close it out. Mm, okay. That's it for the Wolfman Jack show. Hey, for, for some time. <laughs> yeah, for some time. Wolfman Jack was on. On the wow. K Day. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. So speak. We talk about Wolfman Jack and some of the um, 
on their personalities. Uh, weren't there? Weren't there like mix masters, like DJs? Like... Oh yes, but that was that was a couple of years after my being there. When I when I first started, K Day was a black music radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not playing mass quantities of hip hop at all. That didn't start. It started to filter its way in until it got to the point where that was pretty much all we all we did. But yeah, there. Um, Greg Mack formed. Well, see, I you really have to go back to the public affairs department because the public affairs department started a performing arts program. And we would go to all the high schools or we would go to um, like business openings or whatever it is. And so the performing arts group would go with us everywhere. But Greg Mack all of a sudden decided to put together who he named the mix masters and they were the most phenomenal djs that we could find around the la area and a lot of them have gone on to amazing amazing things (laughs) you want me to tell you who the mix masters were oh please do of course okay the mix masters they started out with julio g and tony g and you know there was a a group in la that did um that through dances i want to say it was it wasn't every weekend but it was pretty close to that it might have been once a month but it was called uncle jam's army Hello, 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 baby. Hello, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm and so a, a lot of the DJs that ended up being Mixmasters came kind of from Uncle Jam's army. But so our Mixmasters, the K-Day Mixmasters, would have at one point been DJ Bobcat. Bobcat came in the set behind a board. Then he made that chance. DJ Battlecat. Mm. DJ Pooh, Shut him on, DJ Pooh. Uh, Hit it, homie. Joe Cooley, Whoa. Um, uh, Tony G, Julio G. Uh, uh, I want to say at one point, Sir Jinx may have been wow. a mix wow. master. <laughs> uh, Evil E and Henry G. Um, they sound familiar. <laughs> Very. Yeah. They're, they're just a little familiar. They're brothers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? Probably Arabian Prince at one time may have been a mix master. But anyway, that, yeah. If if it came from the West Coast, they were probably a mix master first. Wow. Wow. That's like a like a conduit, you know. It's yeah. like you go through there. Yeah. Yep. Love that. Well Dr. Dre may have been a mix master at one point. Wow. I don't remember, but yeah. You, you know, speaking about um K Day, so I my brother lived in LA. Like he graduated 
high school, I believe, 88. So we went out there to see him uh, the following spring for, like, Easter break. And, you know, we were riding around, and he would put on the radio, and I would we were listening to K-Day. And the thing that was very interesting to me was you could turn – I turned on K-Day, I heard – De La Soul, I heard Kwame, uh, I heard NWA on the radio, but they had clean versions. So, yep. you know, K-Day would play I Ain't The One. Like, we heard that, like, maybe twice in the same hour. I don't know how many times. But what was crazy to me, being from back east, was we had the no rap work day. So <laughs> you wouldn't hear rap until the evening, till it was like the countdown. It was like, you know, they played no rap during the day. But I remember being out in L.A., and I'm like, this is the best thing in the world. It's like they're playing. Rap. I would have been all right? about that. Oh, oh, it was man. crazy. It was awesome. All day, twenty four hours a day. And I, and and also, uh, while I was out there, I almost got shot by gangbangers. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> but, no, get, but we got off the. Uh, I think we got off the bus one time, and I had on a red a red uh, flavor flave clock, and somebody rolled up to me like, "What's up, blood?" I'm like, uh, all right, I'm gonna tuck mine in right now. <laughs> but but I knew I knew that gangbanger was real. But anyway, continue. Yeah, <laughs> the wild wild west. Who was it? I still tell you about it anytime. Mm. Well, you say Ice T. Did you know mm-hmm. Ice T? You ever met Ice T? Sure, sure did. Oh lord, spent lots and lots of time. Wow. Um, I. Ice-T, in the performing arts group, whenever, you know, we would go to a lot of high schools and do, like, lunchtime things at high schools or after-school things at high schools. And um, a lot of times, if, if we didn't have enough people in the performing arts group to be there, I would always get the, can you call Ice? Sure. And ice and and evil and possibly Darlene, but probably not. Ice and Henry and evil would show up and and perform. So I I spent a lot of time around Ice Tea. Wow, I don't know if you heard this part uh, from a previous episode, but he was my. Uh, Ice T was my entry point into hip hop. Wow! His first okay. album, a friend of mine brought it over, and you know I heard that, and then then it just I became obsessed immediately, and then that was that was the end. You know, that was the end of the story, basically. Yeah. You know, you heard so. six in the morning police at oh. my door. Well, yeah, I heard that, but the one that really got in my head was "Squeeze the Trigger." Mm-hmm. That one, mm-hmm. you know, just the B and just. What he was, I, I, was, I couldn't believe there was a song where someone was talking about that. You know what I mean? And from there, yeah. I just wanted more and more of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ice is, um, Ice was one of the real ones. He really, he really is. And because of him and his association with a lot of East Coast rappers, Anytime any of them would come to L.A., you would always find them with him. Wow. Um, and so he was 
he was responsible for bringing a lot of a lot of people that um he, he was responsible for bringing them around mm-hmm. everybody else he was like a mentor yeah he it was it was one of those it was a weird thing but it was one of those if you go to LA okay here's here's ISIS phone number give him a call and <laughs> you know and and he'll he'll kind of show you around because at that point LA, LA was not tea. LA was dangerous you know and you you needed to check in with somebody just so that you know they could kind of kind of soften the blow <laughs> So, and that was ice. That was always ice. Hmm. I'm not surprised to hear you say that, actually. You, you know, yeah. speaking of, um, like, when I think of iced tea, I always think back, like, uh, I'd always, I used to love the breaking movies. That, uh, that, um, that club, the Radio or Radiotron, that was like a Radio real. Radiotron. That you, was a real thing. Did you ever go there, or is that, that was a real thing? I sure did. I sure did. Wow. I can I can actually say that I was there once when Shabadu wow. and Boogaloo Shrimp were there. Wow! Um, because one of my really good friends was was also a, a break dancer, and that was his name was Mister Animation. Hmm. And, whoa! Whoa! Okay. And so we would go he would always ask me to go with him to all of these different clubs and, and radio. Yeah. Radio was definitely one of them. Wow. So yeah, that was a real place. <laughs> you just blew my mind. I remember, um, rest of dead, my friend skip, he, uh, he had the iced tea and, and Chris, the glove, uh, reckless single. Yep. And we yep. used to go in his backyard and he had a piece of linoleum, and we used to break dance <laughs> in his backyard to Reckless. Oh, yeah. when gloves on the wheel still, he reckless. Oh, I love that song. Well, if if we're saying, you know, God rest the dead, uh, same thing goes for Mr. Animation. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dead. Absolutely. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. Wow, you, you, uh, whew. You got, I told, I told you, it's, it's quite a story, Fresh. <laughs> oh, my God. telling you. He's got some stuff. I, it, it totally fits, though, with what I was saying at the beginning. You know, like, I was connecting to Ice-T around that time myself. But it was totally through the music and whatever I could scavenge together, like the album cover. I read all the liner, you know, trying to piece together the bits of information, you know. And, uh, you know, magazines occasionally, he, he would pop up and I'd have, like, a poster I could pull out. But you... We're also connecting to him in person, you know, like you, yeah. you, you know, and, and it's, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, we had different information, but we also had, you know, a relationship in some way to him at the same time. You know, I think that's, yeah, really neat, well, you know, he lived in, in Hollywood. He lived in this, in this little apartment and right down the street from him. Africa Islam had come out here and was bringing Zulu Nation to Los Angeles. And Islam had a house right down the street 
from Ice-T because, of course, they were very, very connected. Right. And and they were starting to put together the Rhyme Syndicate and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. And so Islam, you would go to Islam's house and you would... The minute you walked in the door, well, let's see. Grandmaster Kaz was there. Uh, oh. Prince Whip or Whip was there. Um, Donald D from the B Boys. Wow. You name it, they were probably there. Right. Wow. That's amazing to hear that. Hear those kind of stories. No, that... And they would all just be hanging out playing video games. <laughs> yep. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. You, uh, you, so you brought up Islam and Zulu Nation. Did you have any affiliation Zulu Nation or? <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I was uh, uh, probably an honorary member of Zulu Nation. Sure. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> sure, wow. sure. Yeah, and and weren't we just talking about? Um, you said the name of the club last night. Water the bush. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you you were there. You've been in Water the Bush. Yeah. yeah, I had been there a couple of times because there were always Islam would DJ and throw these big, huge Zulu Nation parties and whatever. So yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. So Africa much. Islam. Yeah, I was just talking about him the other day. Uh, because I was saying, I forget. It might have been, it might have been Ultra Mag. I was talking to about how hip hop is so. Like I was just saying about bits of information. You know, there's so much information, uh, just even in one song. You know, if you put together the beats and all the little samples and all the words that these MCs are packing in there. You know, and uh, and I love. You know, so it's like you can enjoy. It. Like you might just want to put on. You know, something just so you could bop your head to it, you know, and you're just chilling out or whatever. But if you look deeper, you know, there's so many little bits. And, you know, just I, I was thinking about uh, I'm your pusher from Ice-T. And there's, uh-huh. a, and there's that one line where he says, is checks for purity and then approves it, you know. And it's yep. like, you know, you could hear that and you know what he's saying because, you know, he's making that extended metaphor with being a dope dealer. But it's like mm-hmm. natural high, you know. But if you don't know who is is, right, if you don't know that, that he's talking about Africa Islam, you could still get that. But knowing who he is and getting both is makes it even that much sweeter. You know what I mean? And right, I think right. that that's one of the things I've always been drawn to about hip hop. You know what's so crazy? And I just thought about it. I haven't thought, of, I haven't thought about this for the longest time. Because of Ice-T Records, I have a friend named Ralph, really good friend of mine. And because of those... Ice T Records when he used to just call you know say is, I called Ralph is that oh, became nice. his name. So we used to have these hats with our names on it, and back then my name was Ja Ja Combs, so it had that. Right. And then my boy Nice had one, but um, my buddy Ralph had one, and we put is on it. But I I called him that from those Ice T Records. I totally forgot about that. That's good. <laughs> Love that. Yep. Yeah. Layers well, upon layers. Africa Islam is a little bit of a deep cut. Yeah. But yeah, I could see that. At, at least he's a little bit of a deep cut over here, on the East Coast. You're gonna be hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't know who he is. Oh yeah, Zulu um, Big Joe. Yeah, 
Yeah. And and he always called himself the son of Bambata. Mm-hmm. So he he was around all of those guys, Africa Bambata and all of them, which is why he was responsible for bringing Zulu Nation out here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he he's a bit of a deep cut. But when you figure out who he is and who he knows, well, it's a very different story. That makes it's sense. a very different story. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so I wanted I just wanted uh kind of go back quickly to the radio station. So were there a lot of artists that were coming up to the radio station or like, you know, on air, you know, people coming Constantly. in? Constantly. Okay. Constantly. Yeah. It listen, the radio station was so was kind of the epicenter of everything in LA. And if you if you were a rap group and you were coming to LA, well, you were gonna come to K Day mm-hmm. because nobody else really was playing your stuff. Right, right. That makes um, sense. But if you were coming to LA, you were coming to the radio station. That was just a given. But I I spent a lot of time at the radio station where the Bobcats and the DJ Poos and all of those guys were running around in the hallways. You know, <laughs> anybody from the world-class wrecking crew, we saw them almost on a weekly basis. And so it wasn't, that wasn't unusual at all. But then there would always be, you know, if big daddy Kane came into town, he was wandering the halls. If <laughs> young MC was out of school, he was wandering the halls. It, that wasn't unusual at all. Um, the fat boys. Oh gosh, how many people could we have possibly seen? Um, the fat boys, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Houdini, Big Daddy Kane, uh, the Sonic. You you name it. If you were if you were a rapper and you were coming to L.A. You made it to the radio station. LL Cool J. Hell, we took him to a to do a live event one Friday night. And that consequently, I'm pretty sure, is where he met Bobcat. Right, I was going to say, wow. I thought there was that connection there. Yeah, and when Bobcat uh, went to go work with him. Wow. Um. But, you know, that's the same thing. Rodney Owen, Joe Cooley weren't Rodney Owen, Joe Cooley until Rodney met Joe Cooley, who was at that point one of the mix masters. So hmm. lots of guys, lots of guys grabbed, grabbed some of the DJs from the mix masters. Right. There were, you know, if you were a mix master and, and, or you were just one of the rappers hanging around in LA, uh, you were going to go and grab your DJ from the mix master. Yeah. It's like a cross pollination, you know? Yep. Yep. Which is, it's so great to have, I, I think maybe those kind of things get underestimated often in terms of influence, you know, because that leads to more variety and new ideas, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. 
Well, you go back to Bobby, Jimmy, and the Critters. Even though Bobby, Jimmy started out as kind of a, you know, it was just a bit that Russ did on air. And then all of a sudden he started making records and he had to have the Critters. Well, the Critters were Jam and Gemini, uh, General Jeff, um, rest in peace, Arabian Prince. I did not know that. And, oh, yeah. And then there was, um, uh, they called him Buckwheat. His name was Kenrick. Who am I missing? That was it, I think. Jam and Gemini. Yeah. Jam and Gemini, General Jeff, Arabian, and Kenrick. Yeah. Did Did General Jeff still wear that hat back then? He sure did. <laughs> he uh, sure did. Rest in peace, General Jeff. I always remember. Yeah. I remember him from you know being Rodney and Joe Cooley and where always had that hat on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was his. That was his signature. Yeah. Um, he yeah, but he he and Arabian both got their start kind of in Bobby, Jimmy, and the Critters. Mm-hmm. General Jeff, I want to say Jeff was may have started out with Uncle Jam's Army. But yeah, they kind of they both got their got their start in in doing records and things. They both got their start pretty much with Bobby Jimmy and the Critters. Wow. The, yeah, I'm thinking LA hip hop. Did you you know the uh the NWA guys? You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Dr. Dre and Yella were both from the World Class Wrecking Crew, who we did shows practically every weekend with them. And, And, of course, Arabian was also one of the founding members of NWA. And I know the story that you're trying to get me to tell. What story? The only people that I did not um, did not have firsthand knowledge of were were obviously Easy and Ren. Ren kind of came along with Easy, but Arabian, I was very familiar with Arabian and Dre and Yella, and there was. The one story that I can possibly tell about NWA <laughs> is them coming in and telling that well, they were starting this new group and it was going to be called NWA. And I said, NWA? What, it, what does that stand for? And they told me, and I almost died laughing. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Which which one of you? <laughs> I, I'm not understanding this. Um, you usually wear eyeliner and sequin doctor's outfits, and you dress up like Prince all the time. Um, which one of you? Okay, it's got to be guys that I don't know anything about because. Go to a prep school. That was a piss school, man. Look at 
There's nothing about the three of you that says N.W.A. at all. <laughs> See, bow tie, check it pants. He was on the Glee Club. My man was on the yearbook stand. He was a yearbook editor. They go into <laughs> a phone okay. booth and turn it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny to me. It was really, really funny. How you gonna be a hardcore OG gangster editing the yearbook? Wow. <laughs> but, you know. Then we all know what happened. Right. Yeah. You better stop running. What you gonna do when the five roll by? You better be ready so you can ride. You know who else was part of the performing arts program? Who? Coolio. There you go. Oh, oh, man. Rest in peace, Coolio. Wow. So yeah. did, did you, I mean, I guess you, you knew Coolio personally? I knew him very, very well. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, Coolio, and he always had a, 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 I knew Coolio, I've known Coolio, I've probably knew Coolio for 39 years. Wow. Wow. 38, 39 years. I knew Coolio before anybody knew Coolio. Hmm. Wow. He had a, a partner with him who I'm gonna say the guy's name was Spoonie G not the Spoonie G not the okay. Spoonie okay. G but <laughs> no but yeah Coolio Coolio would um, come to do an event with us and he would always pull up to the radio station in this oh god it was like a maroon colored I want to say it was maroon colored Cadillac convertible mm. and yep that was Coolio sounds like he was going to the East Blackwards <laughs> that yes. on the X-Clan album cover yeah. I don't think it was maroon right. though I think it was pink it's pinky, pinky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pink. <laughs> yeah but he um, yeah he would always show up in this crazy Cadillac convertible I'm, mm. I'd swear it was a Cadillac. Yeah. It's like his oh, trademark. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's the big he, was, he was the guy. He was absolutely the guy. Yeah, that that broke my heart, mm. really. He was one of those that I, even after I wasn't at the radio station anymore, I kept my eye on him. Right. Because I was immensely proud of him and obviously of ice tea and i was immensely proud of really a lot of the guys dre because i've known them for so long so long so long and he was one that i definitely kept my eye on and (laughs) and i knew from young mc that he had been on these I love the nineties tours or whatever they were and, and wreaking a little bit of havoc, but you know, deep down, he was just, he was just a super, super nice guy. It's cool to hear you say, you know, your words are, I'm proud of those guys. You know, that's, I'm yeah, so that's, that's a perspective. Proud. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm so immensely proud of quite a few of them, you know, because I know, I know what it was like back then. And I know how hard a lot of them worked to get to where people even knew their names, you know? Right. So the fact that my father, when he was alive, was a big, huge fan of Law and Order. And he'd say, you know, that guy right there. And I'd say, yeah. You remember when you used to tell me that somebody had called my house and you couldn't think of his name? It was Ice Cube, Ice Cream, Ice... <laughs> That's him. (laughs) I'm just curious, you know, you mentioned all these people that you've met, uh, and I'm sure there's many more that you didn't mention. uh, But if you can remember, who who was somebody that when you met them for the first time, you felt, I mean, maybe you don't feel nervous when you meet people, but I'm just curious if there was ever somebody that kind of threw you off and made you feel nervous. Not really. No? Um, not well, for from you. The music oh my business. gosh! No. <laughs> not from the music business. Well, good for you. I can't really think of anybody. Um, the only person who probably threw me off would have been Prince. Prince. Yeah. As in. As in. Prince, Prince Rogers, Rogers Nelson. Nelson. Okay. Yes. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I would I would basically be paralyzed if I met him. <laughs> I mean, that's how much I regard him. <laughs> So he made yeah, you no. he, he made you feel a little something. He he yeah, he's um he's different. He he was very very different. And yeah, there was a little bit of nerves where it's like holy crap, that's yeah. really him. But for the most part no because back then you have to think about it this way. Back then, none of these rappers were as big a deal as they are now. Yeah. They're just not. Well, they, you know, they were to us. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I get what you're no, That's saying. an interesting but, perspective. Yeah, I get, I, I get that. They weren't the household name. Right. They weren't right. the, mm-hmm. you know, Big Daddy Kane showed up and it was like, okay, that's Big Daddy Kane. At that you point, know, you hadn't been studying their music and, you know, seeing them performing and on, right. in movies and all that at that point. Right. Yep. It was not, It they weren't, they weren't nearly as big as they ultimately became. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back on it, it's all a trip to me because it's like, oh, crap, I was there. Right. <laughs> I met these people. I've known these people for, you know. X amount of years, because quite honestly, I'll go back to going to Africa Islam's house and Grandmaster Kaz and Whipper Whip and Africa Islam and Cool Modi and Donald D. None of these people meant anything to anybody in L.A. They hadn't, their, their stuff had not come over here. Right. Nah. 
you know, stethosonic. What? What about them? You know, they weren't a big deal until talking all that jazz or Sally or Susie. Otherwise, you didn't know who they were. Right. Wow. So speak, speaking about, uh, you know, you brought up Stetsasonic. So you, you work with Stetsasonic. Can you, can you talk about uh, them and some of the stuff that, you know, you're doing now? Like, you know, to, to move it up till now. Like, what, what kind of things are you doing now for them and other people? I mostly, I work for, I, I've been known <laughs> as Daddy-O's right hand. I've known Daddy-O and the entire group for... 38, 37 years. But um, now what I do for them, uh, mostly I, what I do is for Daddy-O and, it's, and, and by default, Stetsasonic gets the benefit of it as well. But I'm basically Daddy-O's assistant. I set up interviews for him. I get him to show up on people's podcasts. yeah Um, you do (laughs) I do a lot of the inner working kind of stuff for for him and by default Stetsasonic I deal very heavily with more heavily than Stetsasonic and Daddy-O I deal with um, all of the guys from Yagfu Front Ah. Okay. And their new record label, um, Wait, Unknown it, Planet. They're on a new record label, or they have a label? They have a label. Okay. Yes. They are no longer, you know, they only did uh, one album for Mercury. Um, I think at that point they were Polygram, which was then bought out by Mercury. I think and you're right, yeah. They weren't really known for hip hop releases, right? I mean, not to... uh, Mercury, no, and and, hey. and certainly not promoting Polygram, them very well. Polygram, definitely right? not. No, they actually, you know, I have gotten to the point. I've been around this for so many years that there are what somebody that I deal with calls heritage groups. I'm more inclined to call them groups from the golden era. Mm-hmm. But I'm very particular with who I will who I'll hit the ground running for. And they're usually groups that whoever had them on their label had no idea what they were looking right. at, which would be Stethosonic, mm-hmm. which would be Yagfu Front. Stetsasonic managed to put out three albums on Tommy Boy, but Tommy Boy had no clue what they had with Stetsasonic. And there's absolutely no reason why why Stetsasonic should have done way more in the United States. I mean, in Europe, they're incredibly famous mm-hmm. not here not in LA 
definitely not on the West Coast. Same goes for Yag Fu Front. They put out one album before they were gone and huge in Europe. <laughs> but, you know, you can play Busted Loop and everybody goes, oh, I remember them. Okay, they're still around. You know, you wouldn't know it, but they're still around. So it's groups like that that I'm more inclined to really push and hit the ground running for and do whatever I can because I think they're so underrated, overlooked. You know, they've really been done a disservice by by everybody in the industry. They've been done a disservice because they should be far bigger than they are. Right. I think, I mean, I think that's great that you think of it that way, you know? Yeah. It bugs me that, um, well, I, I was talking to Greg Mack, who I, I was telling him, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back working with Daddio and the guys from Stet. And he said, oh, Daddio's my boy. Okay. <laughs> And he said, yeah, you know, what's what's he been up to? And he said, that's, that's you know, Sally. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. But did you know that Daddy-O uh, produced Top Villain for Audio 2? Mm-hmm. Did you know that Daddy-O produced Queen Latifah? Exactly, that's what I um, was talking about. Did you know that Daddy-O was responsible for Biggie and Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown? That they basically all started recording in his studio. Did you know that he produced a a thing for the B-52s and the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Third World. Yep. And he wrote an entire song for Jeffrey Osborne Mm. and he worked at MCA records and he worked at, he said, he did (laughs) like, then you don't know anything about daddy. (laughs) That's his man though. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't know anything about daddy. If you can't go down that list and tell me what daddy I always called daddy of the Forrest Gump of hip hop <laughs> because if it happened, he was probably there and people have said, yeah, I was watching this movie and who's over in the corner. Daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, what's your everywhere. point? <laughs> you know, he shows up in the weirdest places yep. and everybody who's anybody in hip hop in on the east coast probably has a daddy o story that's why on on our podcast they're always telling me they want to start playing a game six degrees of separation <laughs> daddy o <laughs> nice because i can generally connect him in one way, shape, or form, or another, to just about everything you can come up with. <laughs> um, 
but just say stead <laughs> right if you can't say it all <laughs> to me those people are sadly overlooked i agree underrated yep you know when coolio died the first person i called was daddio because he knew that i knew coolio and he said you know i'm thinking about doing this record and now that you know now that i know the whole issue with coolio he said oh, we're going to do the record and that's what prompted fallen soldiers right fallen soldiers and somebody finally i said i said to everybody you guys this is this thing is tailor made for Stetsasonic. Mm. This is absolutely tailor made. And somebody can't believe when I heard Coolio was bless their hearts whoever they are got on YouTube and watched the video and commented pretty much exactly the same thing. Wow. You know, we would want to hear this kind of a record from that's a sonic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was like, well, at least we, at least we're that far. At least people know that if it's the kind of record that that ended up being, yeah. we would expect to hear it from Stetsasonic. We don't want to hear it from anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They have the, uh, you know, the skin in the game. They've been in there long enough and it yeah. should come from a, a, a group of elder statesmen. Yes. I, I, I firmly believe that. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, but unfortunately, them and and more so even Yagfu Front, I think, are just highly, highly, highly underrated, right. overlooked, underappreciated, under and over, under and over, under and over. But the minute you talk about them, everybody goes, "Oh yeah, what? Oh man, they were." They were the bomb. They were, mm. they were, they were dope. They were this, that. Okay, were. They're they're right over here. You want to talk to them? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because here they are. To me, it doesn't need to be a they were. Yep. It needs to be a they are. Absolutely. Well, and you know, you're you've been saying you're you're using your platform to go to bat for people like them. You know, and honestly, I think that fits kind of with people's distinctive travels you That's know what we do i mean really all i'm trying to do is make people aware of the things that mean something to me and it's not i don't even care about you know me being an expert or what i know or any of that i just want i'm just feeling like a lot of people missed things that really i thought were some of the greatest things i ever experienced and i just hope that i can maybe you know, motivate someone to take a look somewhere where maybe they haven't done it previously. You know, that's kind of right. That's kind of what I what I care about. You know, these people deserve to be recognized for the the art that they created and and are continuing to create. Yeah. Well, and there's no better time than this year. Right. Yeah. 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 It's fiftieth year of hip hop. Yeah, I mean, everybody and their mother's going to come out of the woodwork for this year yes. and as well they should mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. anybody who is 
willing to continue, I think they should. Absolutely. I think they really should. Now, wait a minute. Listen. So, Jennifer. Jennifer. Oh. We kind of want to wind this down, but um, because I, I don't want to hold you all day. But uh, we're me and me and Fresh, we're big uh, De La Soul fans. Mm. There's mm-hmm. a there's a certain song that has your name in it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if this would come up. <laughs> it's a certain song that has your name in it. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer taught me. Yep. And and I don't believe uh, what's detailed in the song is about my friend Jennifer. Yes. But I'm hearing the name, the title. As is, is, is there any connection to that? was a rumor um i was at the radio station at that point when they came out and but i was very very connected to stetsasonic which of course prince paul mm-hmm. um did that entire three feet high and rising yep and uh Rumor had it that they just chose that as the name because I was at the radio station. That's awesome. And they figured that would get them some play. I was going to play them regardless because (laughs) the album was stinking amazing and nobody had ever heard anything like it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know the the whole story goes. Stetsasonic was on tour with Public Enemy, among others, but they shared a bus, mm. and on that bus, Chuck D wrote "Takes a Nation." Uh, Daddy O wrote the entirety of "In Full Gear," mm. and. Prince Paul was in the back writing Three Feet High and Rising. Wow. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> and out of that bus trip came, like, the three the three of the biggest yeah. albums of that year. Yeah. Because when you take that bus, you get there. Yep. Two, two of which came out on Tommy Boy, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And three of the best hip hop albums ever. Oh, yeah, ever. Ever. Yeah. I, I, I and yeah. De La Soul took their name from a from yep. a Stet record. Yep. That was Rock called De Rock Stet. De La Stet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because the guys from De La used to hang out in the studio with them all the time. Gotcha. But yeah, out of that crazy tour <laughs> and that crazy bus ride came those three yep. records that's like it was like a crucible you know <laughs> mm-hmm. just like for all this creativity it's amazing i love thank you for sharing that because you know obviously i know those albums very well but i didn't know that you know the genesis of those albums took place under those circumstances you know that's oh yeah that's yeah. incredible and that was always really funny because Chuck would ask Daddy, oh, what are you going to call the album in full gear? He's like, just three words. That's it. In full gear. 
Yeah, what are you going to call yours? It takes a nation of millions to hold them. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the words, freedom is a road seldom traveled by the multitude on the cover. Yeah. Well, right, that was just right. packed with words, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he got, he took it so far that, you know, he was afraid they were going to run out of space. <laughs> it just, you know, he, he really, he really went there. Whew. Well, fresh. This was a, this was, was a hip hop journey. Oh, man. Je- Jennifer so taught great. us. Thank you. Today. A valuable lesson she had taught. Don't flaunt that the candy is good unless you can be flint. Thank you so. Yeah, you you definitely taught us. Yeah, this was this was so great. I you know I'm gonna be, you know you mentioned earlier like I heard the the records from the beginning of the beat being made all the way through over and over again. Mm. Like that's kind of how it is for me. Like when I go back and listen to all the footage and start putting stuff together, you know, it's like <laughs> I feel like I inhabit the conversation over and over, and and it starts to just. You know, it, it, it like changes my the way I think, you know, so I'm looking forward to uh, giving this conversation that treatment. And, you know, you gave me so many gave us so many things to to think about and putting like framing things in new ways for, for me. Uh, that That's what I love. You know, so thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being on. We uh, I got to. <sighs> I I love to hear these stories, and you know now the the world gets to hear these these yeah. these great stories, and I love that you you've had a, an amazing journey, amazing that continues. So I love it. Right, yeah. it's always it'll be fun one of these days when I'm old and dumb and whatever <laughs> to look back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it we got it. It's documented now. Yeah, <laughs> some of it is go. documented. Again, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, we appreciate you. And, you know, thank you for being on People's Distinctive Travels. People's Distinctive Travels Podcast. All right, Ultra. This is, I think, a new situation here where I'm going to be the first voice for the outro. Oh, stop it. Oh, hey, you know, your, your voice is so great, and you do a great job tying everything up. But uh, I'm going to take a, a little chance here. And uh, one of the things that I heard from Jennifer uh, is her taste-making ability. You know, she's very right. good at recognizing uh, people for their talents. Mm-hmm. And particularly, you know, I, I liked how she really wanted people to understand kind of the full range of what people have accomplished in their careers. Right, right. Because there's some like more obvious things that people have done. And Mm -hmm. I guess I'm thinking mostly of Daddy-O, you know, in this situation. You know, there's some obvious things, you know, being a member of Stetsasonic, you know, obviously anything Stet related. But I also love how, you know, she mentioned, you know, some of the commercials and Mm -hmm production and you know Especially the production yeah yeah the production, production aspect yeah. of it i think maybe you mentioned the commercials but i really you know i feel like i feel strongly about this like i think that's kind of what people's distinctive travels is all about right like we for so long have been thinking about these artists and all the things they've done right, right. and we've been turning them around in our head <laughs> over and over you know thinking about them talking about them even yeah. before we met yeah. to do this and the reality is, is not everyone sees all those things the way that we do. Right, right. So, Absolutely. you know, so for me, 
to have that platform to be able to recognize these kinds of artists, people that we love and that we respect, and be able to show everything that they've done. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and hopefully get other people excited to dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't think of anything better than that. And I feel yeah. like Jennifer kind of, you know, she kind of has that same approach and it, it just like worked perfectly, I think, with yeah. our podcast. Yeah. You know, that's like you always say, that's some of the things that we hold near and dear with the people's distinctive travels. Yep. You know, so yeah. I'm just so happy we get to uh, kind of showcase and throw out that energy and that information. Yeah, You know, exactly. Did you want to share any information to help people figure out how to check in with people's distinctive travels? Yeah, yeah. Um, on Instagram, they can check us out at people's underscore distinctive underscore travels. Uh, so that's our Instagram page. And, you know, they can get on there and we make little vignettes, as if you don't know. That's what we call them, vignettes. Yep. Uh, just edited videos. Uh, we also put together a playlist so any of the music that you hear in the actual episode you know we'll get a playlist so you can jam and you may not know a song but now you you know where to find it and you can listen to that you know that particular song and and hopefully dig a little deeper into the catalog and absolutely. find out more about the artist absolutely. exactly yep um and so we're streaming on all all platforms so spotify google amazon all that but you can also still check out the uh podcast on youtube so right. and we have a YouTube page, mm -hmm. People's Distinctive Travel. So check us out. You know we're everywhere. Yeah, we're moving and shaking. That's right. <laughs> and then again, also check out our appearances on uh, It's C Doc again, uh, which Jennifer is a co-host. That's right. Um, episode sixteen sixty one, and then check out Ultramax Seven on I Am Hip Hop the Game Show. Nice. And you can find both of those on YouTube. And you said we're everywhere. So like. That means we're in the building, but does it mean we're also in the atmosphere? Oh, this guy. Yeah, that's dope. I like that. <laughs> uh, All right. All right. Peace, everyone. Peace.